Blog Talk Radio. If I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex-followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad. I remember sitting there wishing I could just scream out loud and beg for help. But I knew if I did that, I would never see Mark again. This is the thing about real life. You can't experience the great things without the bad things. I felt like it would probably do better off if we didn't exist. And, um, you know, Pat came up with a plan on, on how to end it. He talks about a seven-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Even, if, if, even if he's referring to actually an adult. So let's say we change that to an adult. You say the woman shudders because the man kisses her even passionately. The fact is that he shudders. You do a big apology to me and give me my kids back. I'm still shocked by the evil. I, 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 yes, even to this day. When I see a video of a former friend or family member, I'm like, this is pure evil at work. Hello, welcome to Come Get Some Extra Scientology Edition today with the returning Lori Hodgson to talk about her book. Uh, but first, uh, let me just get through a couple of things here. I am your host, Chris Grimmie. It's Miami Six Man on Twitter or at CGS underscore extra. You can follow the show. Uh, I do have a website, Come Get Some, and uh, dot com. You can also find uh, my YouTube channel, which is Come Get Some Extra, which actually uh, the channel name is CGS. It's the only official YouTube channel I use to broadcast podcasts. So far, I only have the one up with a couple other videos to fit with it. And, uh, and that's it for now. Uh, so I may be uh, trying to transfer more over in the future, but that's all I've done so far. And that's the only channel that represents me in this podcast officially. In the meantime, uh, there's been this campaign going on recently. It's nothing that new, but the the level that they've ramped it up to, I guess, with season three of uh, Scientology and the aftermath coming. Um, Mike Winder's daughter, Taryn, has been putting out a lot of videos asking Disney to fire her father from Scientology and the aftermath. Disney, of course, being the parent company of A&E TV. So, uh, Interestingly enough, I know it's been going around on Facebook and other apps. I was playing a very popular app called Words with Friends. And uh, between the ads at one point, I saw a familiar-looking uh, woman in front of the a familiar-looking entrance to the parking lot of Magic Kingdom, which I've seen many times. And I said, that woman looked familiar, and I usually don't have the sound on, so I turned the sound up, and it was Taryn. It was, uh, it was Mike's daughter asking Disney to fire her dad from the show. And... What an odd place to find that. So I, I did go to Twitter and I did uh, uh, tweet at the, the official game of the uh, of the game makers and uh, their Twitter account, and they came back and said, we don't support this kind of stuff. Uh, we are working right now to remove it, so sorry for this. So they responded pretty quickly, and I haven't seen it since, so hopefully they took it down. But I, I find it a very bizarre um, video because they know. Uh, Mike's Scientology family and Scientology knows David Miscavige knows that 
A&E is not going to fire Mike Render from Leah Remini's Scientology in the aftermath. They know that's not going to happen. And they know that people aren't going to see this and go, oh, my God, what a horrible person Mike is. Poor girl. Everyone knows this. Even inside Scientology, I know they know this. But they still put these videos out, and the only conceivable purpose for doing it is to, to hurt this kid's father. That's our kid. She's an adult now, but still. It's the most disgusting thing ever, and if Taryn can hear this or anyone else who's in Scientology or on the fence and wondering uh, what to do or what to make of these things, just think of this. A uh, very popular app of a very popular game online that many people are playing around the world has uh, stated that they don't support your kind of crap and they're getting rid of it. What does it mean for what you stand for? What, what are you standing for? This is what people think of what you did and what you're doing. Think about it. Remember also, if you're stuck and you need some help, there is the aftermathfoundation.org. Uh, so um, I did put some links in there for the link, uh, the small link for Amazon.com where you can go and make sure a portion of your purchase goes towards the Aftermath Foundation. When you buy Lori Hodgson's book on Amazon, which a portion of that purchase will go towards Lori's efforts, which she'll talk about on this interview, to eradicate this connection in families, kind of like uh, what Mike Rinter is going through right now, which I, as a father, cannot imagine. Uh, ever see in the day that my daughter says something like that or makes videos like that. And it's it's it, it needs to stop. So uh, without further ado, though, you all hate to hear Lori Hodgson talk about her book. Let's do it right now. Today we have returning guests. Wasn't on all that long ago, but now there's something to promote. Uh, on the show returning today, my friend, Lori Hodgson, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on again. No problem. You, you kind of let slip in our last interview that there was a book you were working on. It was kind of a passing thing. I don't think you were ready to announce it yet. But it came out, and uh, now here we are. You actually have it out available for Kindle to order now. And it'll be out on paperwork on what paper back on what day? On May first. So you can pre order it now. It got released on March fourteenth. And um it did really well the first week. Um yes. and then it's been a, a release on Kindle this week. So people can get it right now. People can get it right now. And this let's say right now, that's like a week ago by the time you hear this. Already been out for a while. A lot of people listening may have already read it. Um, something that strikes me as interesting, and people who follow the show and follow my Twitter account know I've been talking about this. Uh, Scientology, I guess, legal, tried to stop, actually, as far as we know at this point, has stopped uh, somebody you talk to in the media from broadcasting your interview with them. That's right. It was uh, last Friday I had an interview, and uh, they chose they were going to publish the part uh, about it's called fair game. Basically, when you're a critic of Scientology, Scientology is going to do whatever they can to shut you up, uh, harass you, uh, you know, silence you. And so I was going to – they chose to discuss the part about John Allender when he threatened me in my work parking lot. And then a couple months later followed me to Texas from San Jose to Texas with Mark Warlick, 
Um, both of them are from San Jose. And I was the first one that bought the Scrollbusters. And I was, uh, you know, in that video, you can hear my voice. I'm asking Marty, do you want me to call the police? And during that time, I was on the phone with the FBI. So the media outlet was like, wow, we haven't heard this before. So, um, you know, uh, in my book, I released everything. I didn't hold anything back this time. And, um, and then they wanted to talk about my son's $3 million gag order that Scientology silenced him with and my disconnection with my kids and then how that might be similar to Tom Cruise and Siri. So um, they had to run that by Scientology, and, yes, they threatened them with lawsuits. So they are, re they are putting that on hold right now, and hopefully they'll change their minds. I'm so glad that I'm just a podcast run out of the spare room of the house on a seven-year-old computer because <laughs> I don't have to really <laughs> run anything by anybody technically. And uh, That's great, Chris. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I, I'm fairly certain that anyone, upon presenting what you're going to talk about on their media to Scientology first, is going to be told, you better not air that. I'm fairly really certain of that. Um, right. And like I've, like I've heard from different people, they threaten. They haven't actually done any lawsuits in a long time. So it's just, it's just threats to try to silence. You know, they didn't sue Going Clear or Leah Remini with uh, Scientology in the Aftermath, um, any media sources. And it's just threats. And so hopefully people, uh, you know, the media will not back out. Uh, with any of us speaking out, because the truth needs to get out there. Absolutely. And I'll just say, uh, I know a lot of media people are going to ask first, do you have a comment? This is being said about you. Let it be known, and I've let it known many times on the podcast, Scientologists are welcome to come on this podcast and tell their side. They just choose not to. So it's always an open door policy, anyway. Um, but I've asked. That's right. That's right. Just, just to clarify, uh, and I know this is pretty, you know, duh, but isn't the intimidation effort to stop a media group from from publishing your interview isn't that fair game in it of itself? Yes, it is, and. It's because they want to be. They want to silence it. Right. They're going to use fair game to not let people talk about fair game. That's right. That's what they do. Right. And 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 that only tells me that they're worried about it. They're worried about it getting out there because it's the truth. If it was lies, they wouldn't be worried about it. I'm but always... when someone's telling the truth, you can't really fight the truth. You know. That's why. When I wrote my book, I put exactly everything that happened. And it's real easy to tell the story because I didn't lie. <laughs> so I, I can think, just continually go over it. I think we talked about this. I'm not sure. Did you keep a, a like a running, like a, a journal of the events during this time? Were you writing down things that happened as they happened? Yeah, I did. I I didn't decide to write the book. So I've been disconnected from my kids for this is going on the eighth year. And I didn't decide to write my book till a couple years later. 
after, you know, I heard about the $3 million gag contract and my kids disconnected and all the fair game and how all the attempts by I did to try to reach my children and being followed by PIs and having my phone hacked and this, it went on and on. So I thought, you know, I need to let, I need to educate people what Scientology does and how they break up families and the fair game and every, all the things they do to silence a person from getting the truth out there. And so, um, I also had different, you know, was hoping that my kids would read my book because I think if they read it, Chris, I think they'll walk away. I really do. They're going to see what happened behind the scenes when I was fighting for them to stay in school. All of the security checks I went through. I mean, just all the different things that all the fair game that they don't even probably know about. I think if my kids read it, they're going to go, oh my God. And maybe it'll wake them up. That's what I'm hoping. You know, the last interview I did with you, I was, and even my last chapter of my book, I'm trying to come to a compromise with Scientology or, or, or that we can both agree on. Right. But they refuse. They refuse. It's, I have to go back in and do those A to E steps. Right. That's it. There's no, there's no other option. And I can't do that. So I think the only way I'm ever going to get my kids back is if they finally see the truth and they leave. And, you know, I used to be fine with them doing Scientology and me not, but I can clearly see Scientology is not going to let that happen. So my only, my only way of hoping my kids are going to be back in my life is if they see the truth and they finally decide not to be in it. I really feel that's the only thing. Yeah. So, is, so uh, unless, might, and, unless they thought Scientology disconnection. Right. You know. Which, which is an LRH policy. It's like part of the built-in religion there, uh, quote unquote. Right. You know, it's it's funny. You want a year and a half, a year and a half of not speaking until we talked, and um, publicly on the air. And during that year and a half, it seems to me that you came to the conclusion that you're just giving them what they want by staying quiet. Yep. It wasn't going to get you That's any right. closer to anything. They weren't going to reward you for it. They weren't going to let you see your kids. It, 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 it's insanity. So you came to yeah, your and then, bed. I know. And then I try to even work with the international justice team, right. which we, you know, anybody that speaks out and is declared a suppressive person because you spoke out, your only person you're allowed to talk to is the international justice chief. Well, that's a joke. I mean, I got to write him, uh, Mark, what was his name again? Um, I can't remember. Mike Ellis? Yeah. yeah uh, I wrote him many times, called many times. And I get a letter back from the secretary that says, you know, I was trying to say, hey, my, I'm fine with my kids doing Scientology. And I just want to be their mom. I will respect that they do that. Uh, you know, I basically wanted to say the, the problem is the disconnection. I just want to be their mom, but they won't budge. So I tried everything. I even reached out to my kids again 
before I published, you know, decided to go forward with my finishing my book. And I just said, they won't talk to me. How do I ever get through to talk to anybody if I can't talk with the IJC or my own children? And, uh, you know, that's, I, I realized I need to keep speaking out. I need to do my book. And so that was the final thing that got me to, to get it published. So that's why you did the book was, was enough is enough. Let's just tell the whole story. Hopefully it gets in the right hands or helps somebody else. But you're going to tell your story. There's no reason not to. It's not going to make a difference anyway as far as them letting you see your children. Right. And I, I mean, I've heard of moms and, and, and dads that haven't seen their kids in over 20 years and they never spoke out. I can't, I can't do that. I, I have to keep fighting. And, and, I, and it's not just for me. I want to fight for all the disconnected families out there. We, we have to speak up because that's the only thing that's going to bring it down to either, you know, the, the people that are in there that are threatened by um, seeing their loved ones uh, because they'll lose, you know, they'll get kicked out of Scientology or whatever. Um, if we speak out, that's the only way they're going to get the strength to have the courage to do the same and just say enough is enough. I want to be with my family. That's more important. And, and then they can start looking at both sides and really, you know, have some critical thought about this whole thing and not just what Scientology wants them to think. Right. It's funny. Uh, or believe funny, in. Interesting that we talked about this uh, off air about how and you surprised me about how if they came to you today, which well, is before it went out on Kindle, if they came to you today and said, don't publish the book, you can have your kids back. You would say, what about the other families? Yes. I want it not just for my family. I want all of us to have our families back. You know, and if I made that agreement, I wouldn't feel good about it because my kids are just being forced to do this. It's not genuine. Right. And they could say that and then just go right back to, to uh, closing me out again. And I want it for all of us. I want this connection to stop. You know, that's why um, part of my book, if you buy the book, a portion of the proceeds from the sale of it, go towards efforts to eradicate Scientology's disconnection policy. And I'm going to do any effort I can to try to stop it by speaking out and getting more people to speak out. You know, this reminds me of something Tori Crispin says. Tori Magoo on, on YouTube. She has a great YouTube series. Used to be Osa. She talks about how... Um, they create their own enemies. And I find it interesting right. that in all their efforts to suppress your story, to suppress your voice, to keep you from your family, because I think what's supposed to happen is two things, if I'm not mistaken. They separate you from your kids. You can't, as they say or they think, you can't poison them against Scientology, but also that's a strong arm effort to get you to do your ADE and come back. And that right. all backfires in the execution because here you are somebody who was willing to work with them. 
you were going to shut your mouth and let things be as long as you can be around your family. And instead, you have a book coming out, you're on my podcast, and you're going to be doing things publicly to speak out and do everything you can using proceeds from this book to eradicate this connection. It's typical. Yeah, I know. It's like, why didn't they just work with me in the very beginning? Why did they threaten me a week after I resigned to take my kids from me? I mean, you're right. They make their own enemies. And this is wrong. And this is why, like, my husband says, he always says to me, honey, you do better if you just speak out and educate others. Remember, you may not get your kids back. That's what he tells me. But you can help other families from going through the same heartache. And, you know, that, that is important. But I do believe I'm going to get my kids back. I believe they're going to read my book. I believe they're going to start looking and they're going to go, it's going to be like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Right. And, and hopefully that's what I, I really see it. I really see they're going to walk away. You know, I uh, do now. It shows a lot of character to me that I know, I know from knowing you personally here that the most important thing to you is getting your family back together. And I think that's clear in your book. But that you make this stand, that you make this statement that it has to be all families, shows a ton of character that we don't see from what's supposed to be the most ethical religion on earth. Right. It's very strong, Larry. Very strong. Well, thanks, Chris. Was, was you it know, I... I... To come to was, that, to come uh, to that right. place, was it difficult for you to come to the determination that you had to do the book, that you had to make that statement, that you had to make that stand, or was it just sort of like a, a come-to-Jesus moment, just like you woke up one day and you realized this is what needs to be done? It, like I say, after I, I tried working with them, well, after I saw the kids on Good Morning America, and that really, you know, it worked. Scientology did that for a reason to shut me up and they went for a year and a half and then I tried working with IJC and then I you know like I said I tried uh, working with my kids again and I just realized no, ma no matter what I do doesn't work I got to do the book I've got to I, I have to let families know what Scientology does and how I have to warn parents with kids you know, that are in Scientology because when they're 15, they're going to get recruited to join staff, the Sea Org. And when you're a Scientologist, you don't have any rights. You can't say no. Because right. if you don't agree, then you're going to have to go through security checks. Something's wrong with you. You're not helping clear the planet. Then they turn your kids against you. And I think that everyone needs to know what they do. And they need to leave families alone and let the parents be the parents, not the church be the parents. And so that's another reason why I want to write the book. I don't want any other family to go through what I'm going through. You know, and I want kids to read it because they're going to go, you know, they're in school and they're happy and they have their whole 
their whole life planned out. They're going to go to college and maybe they're going to be a veterinarian or a doctor or, you know, whatever. And then Scientology comes along and they go to a three-hour event and then it totally changes their mind. They hate school. Um, it's not safe. The, the psychiatrists are going to take over and get on drugs. And you need to help save the planet because it might not be here tomorrow. And you need to do this for your parents and all of mankind. I mean, that's what they did to both my kids after a couple hours. And then look at Look what happened. You know, I just think that's wrong. You, uh, when you were in Scientology, I don't think I ever asked you this. Were you ever asked to disconnect from someone? Well, I was, um, I think about 14. It's in my book. And, um, that's right. I was taking classes. <laughs> yeah, I was taking classes, and my dad had a Time Magazine article critical of Scientology, and I remember right away I was told, if you have anything critical someone gives you, you need to bring it in and show us. So I told my mom and then my stepfather, he said, you can't read that. And so we brought it in, and basically um, they told me we can't read it, that it's just lies, and you need to handle your father and your stepmom to not uh, be critical of Scientology. Or basically, you're not going to be able to talk to your dad anymore. So, yes, I was threatened with it, and I was coached on how to handle my dad so that he wasn't critical of Scientology. Um, and I, I, if I was threatened with this connection, though, and I had to disconnect from my dad, I mean, I'm looking at back then, I wouldn't have. Uh, I, you know, it probably would have been the when I walked away, but, you know, who knows? That was such a long time ago, and I had my mom and my stepdad in Scientology, so. Okay. But based on that experience, what I was getting at with that is, what do you think your son and daughter think of you that they're willing to disconnect the way they are? Do you think they've been convinced a lot of negativity about you? I mean, do they think you're an SP just because of whatever they were told? I I wish I knew, Chris. I mean, it's kind of a mystery. I think they're right? being. It is, and I think they're being fed a lot of lies. Um, I think there's also something bigger than we know with Jeremy's three million dollar gag contract. It's. I feel that ties it all in and that if they are back with me, Scientology is afraid that's going to get out. And I think that could harm Scientology in some, some way. So I think that that $3 million gag contract is a big part of this. All comes back to that. Uh, to me, I mean, that's my, my gut feeling about it all. And I, I know my kids went through what I went through and what I described in my book. So I don't know what kind of leverage they have on them except for Jeremy's $3 million gag order. And my daughter, I don't know. I mean, I know she's taking lots of classes. My son, I'm not sure. Um, 
you know, I don't know if they're at the same level as my ex-husband where he thinks it's his eternity, Scientology is his eternity. I'm not sure if my kids feel that way. I mean, I'd love to just have a conversation with my kids and see where they're at, but I can't. I haven't been able to have a conversation with them in a long time. Yeah, it seems that they would respect anything he has to say. He's going to say whatever he has to say to defend the religion. So that's that's right. a huge bonus. And I know they use other family and other disconnections. I'm sure they did that with their resource. And some other families, they have other family members and close friends they can use in such a capacity. Well, it would be influential to hear that from them. Right. And and Scientology has to keep their members in control. I mean, they can't let them, I mean, it's already dwindling down their numbers, right? So if, oh, yeah. you know, if they start researching and seeing both sides and realizing that they have gone through bad experiences, they're not alone, you know, more and more people will leave. So keeping the disconnection there, I think, keeps it so that, they they can't look at both sides. Look at me. Uh, when I was 13 or 14, I was told everything critical I need to bring in, and then they're going to tell me about it. I don't right. even get to read for myself what's happening. I tried what? to get my son to go on the Internet, like right when we were going through the disconnection, and he said, Mom, I cannot do that. I will mess my head up. And I'm like, what? The internet by I mean, default is a, is a brain scrambler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was like, no way. I can't do that. I was trying to get him to go on and look at things. You know, look at these stories of families disconnected and just do some research. And he was just like, absolutely would not do that. But he didn't get that on his own. Where did he get that from? Right. Scientology. And the handlers, you know, that were were brainwashing him and my daughter. So who who knows what else they've gone through? Have they gone through security checks? I'm sure tons, you know, and they're probably being told it's all their fault. And when you're in Scientology, it's always the person's fault. And how they can fix it is they need to stay disconnected from me and go by what their church wants them to do. Do you think they think they're helping you by not... Uh associating with you until you come back? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. They think that that uh, my son even said, Mom, I'm really worried about you if you don't do Scientology. Mm. This was right before the disconnection. I'm really worried. How, what are you going to do in your life? What, what about the next lifetime? And, and I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm so happy I'm not in it. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> he was just seriously worried about me. Uh, well, without giving away the whole book, I'm just going to say something that I said in my review for your book that I wrote, and that was that I found that it felt like a big key to your being able to to get through it the way you did, the way you had that unconditional love for your children. Uh, not that there's other people who had different experiences that aren't capable of it. They are, and they have. But it seems like your story tells a very clear because a very clear picture of how you knew family life to be before being in a cult. Because you're second generation, but you didn't grow up in it. You, you went in, like a, what was it, 9 or 12 or something? 
Yeah, 13. 13, okay. So, so you give a You're very right. good look at your family life. You know the value of family. That's something that second generation, third generations, you know, your kids didn't get to see in that respect. Is that and I tried to give that, that to them. That? Well, I, I wanted, yes, I wanted to build that foundation when I was younger because I had a really happy childhood. And, you know, I grew up, we, have, we watched the news in the evening after dinner. And the news was a good thing. You got educated, you know, and um, reading the newspaper, listening to talk shows, you know, and then I get in Scientology and it's like, oh, my God, now it's a bad thing. Right. <laughs> and, and uh, you, you know, I, I think it helped having that foundation of having a real strong, the strong family values and getting together on the holidays and having family vacations. And I tried to do that with my children, and I did. Um, even when I got divorced, my ex-husband told me I could have the kids on the holidays. So I, that's why I don't understand sometimes how, where my kids are at. Cause they had, you know, they, they didn't get too involved in Scientology until after I got divorced. So they went to a Scientology school, but they didn't really take classes at night. And we did stuff on the weekends. And we had a good family. That's why when they turned 15, it all changed. Wow. Each one, each one, when both of them turned 15, yeah. Wow. Well, I just want to say anyone who hasn't read it yet, it has to go read this book. This book is amazing. Um, I hope you don't mind my suggestion. People should look up the link that they can go and, and donate through Amazon. So like a portion of that donation goes to Aftermath Foundation. And then on top of it, the oh, proceeds yeah. of the book will help Lori help you go around and, um, and, and do what you can to, to educate people about disconnection in Scientology. I think it's awesome. Yes, that's, that's great. So I, I do believe you already got like a book signing set up somewhere. Yes, I have my first book signing here in Upper Lake on June 10th at the Wine Studio. And um, I have a publicist, and they're doing different press releases to the bookstores and colleges and high schools. So I'm making it my full-time job to speak out and educate people about what Scientology does and how they break up families. Is there anything else that you want to say about the book? Um, well, I am going to be going to the Las Vegas Book Convention September, I think it's September 22nd. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Um, there's a lot of other people that have written books about Scientology. Yeah, so I'll meet a lot of people like Chris Shelton and uh, Karen Presley. So um, that that's exciting. And... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the day my kids read the book and give me a call and go, oh, my God, Mom, we're done. We want to come and see you. So, uh, and then that, that also a lot of other families um, will get back together. That's my goal is I want all of us to have our families back. So hopefully my book will help, and I'm going to promote it in all ways that I can. The book's called uh, Mother's Heartbreak. I call it a story of heartbreak and hope. And I think everybody should see it, definitely. And, um, well, since I got you here for a second time already, uh, Lori, 
something I do with every guest on the show, I do 10 questions. We already did that. But on the second right. one, we do something called word association. And a lot of people already do word association. So I mix it up a little bit. It's You have to come up with the first three words you come up with uh, for what I give you. And there's only five of them. If you don't like something, you can you can decline to, decline to give your thoughts. Okay. You ready? So I tell you my the first three words. I'm gonna give you a that word. I come up with. And you give me the first yeah. thing you come up with. That's right. Okay. All right. First one's a tough one. Marty Rathbun. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is Blank. a tough one. How about the, I'll just say that. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's tough. That one's tough. There you go. That one's tough. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Disconnection. Uh, keep speaking out. All right. Aftermath Foundation. Lee and Mike Rock. Okay. Speaking of which, Leah Remini. I love her. And last but not least, the good friends, Squirrel Busters. Karma is coming. Karma is coming. All right. That's <laughs> one of my favorite word associations so far. It's pretty good. Very I like good. it. <laughs> well, Lori, thank you for coming back again. I know that, uh, you're, you're trying to get word out, and I hope more people pick it up and start talking to you about it. No one needs to worry about these stupid threats. Right. So just everybody keep speaking out, telling your truth, and, and let's end this disconnection for all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like also, and I hate to say things like this without having any preconceived knowledge, but I believe also that your kids will find their way home, and I really uh, pull for that every day. Thanks, Chris. I'm believing that more and more now. All right, very good. Mother's Heartbreak on Amazon, available for Kindle, paperback on May 1st. Everybody look for it. Thank you, uh, Lori. Thanks a lot, Chris. All right, so there you have it. That's Lori Hodgson's books out. Uh, make sure you get a look at it. And if you want the paperback, of course, May 1st, it'll be available. Check the links in the description for the podcast next week taking this in a little bit more of a positive direction. What's it like to be on the fence or to be in a situation where if you speak out, everyone's going to disconnect from you and you'll lose your home? How do you come back from that and make it into a positive and make your life better and improve? Uh, we'll talk about to, uh, excuse me, we'll talk to season two uh, participant for Scientology in the Aftermath, Elizabeth Gale, next week about the positivities and all the good that comes from speaking out and coming forward and, and not being held back uh, by the Church of Scientology. So there you have it. Until then, stay connected. That about sums it up. If I speak for your followers and I speak for your ex-followers and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says don't listen to your mum and dad don't talk to your mum and dad that's bad 
Yeah. Wrong. I remember sitting there wishing I could just scream out loud and beg for help. But I knew if I did that, I would never see Mark again. This is the thing about real life. You can't experience the great things without the bad things. I felt like it would probably do better off if we didn't exist. And, um, you know, Pat came up with a plan on, on how to end it. He talks about a seven-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Even, if, if, even if he's referring to actually an adult. So let's say we change that to an adult. There's a woman shudders because the man kisses her even passionately. The fact is that he shudders. You do a big apology to me and give me my kids back. I'm still shocked by the evil. I, I, yes, even to this day, when I see a video of a former friend or family member, I'm like, this is pure evil at work.